1: How's it, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai, and I am joined once again by DJ from Jumbo Commander. Hey, guys. How's it going? You're not Jimmy. I'm not Jimmy. No. A lot of people have been asking where Jimmy is, when's he coming back. It's going to be a number of months. Jimmy has another project. It's kind of a little bit secret. We're not allowed, allowed to really reveal much. If you follow Jimmy on Twitter at JF Wong, at some point, I'm sure he will let everybody know what's going on, but
2: that's not for us to do. Um, but we're excited that Jimmy has a big project, a project that takes a couple months away from the podcast. That means we're really happy for Jimmy. Jimmy, or DJ's really happy
1: because he gets to be here. I'm really happy <laughs> because it's been fun having a new perspective. Uh, if you have not checked out DJ's channel, if you just type in Jumbo Commander in your search bar on YouTube, you'll find DJ's channel. You do a lot of deck techs. Um, recently, you also did a video about kind of telling Commander players, hey, now's the time to pick up Iconic Masters? Oh,
2: yeah. Iconic Masters has been out of print for around six to eight months, around in that area. And there are so many good cards that are in Iconic Masters that Commander players can kind of snatch up. We need to be really careful about when we buy cards, like rotation is coming up. So I usually give people a heads up about what kind of Commander cards to buy and when to buy them.
1: So look at that, DJ, with a ton of diversity as far as the type of content that his channel offers. If you like what you hear from him here, I highly recommend you go check out Jumbo Commander. Okay, our main topic. <laughs> Brought to you again by DJ, you could tell. If you know anything about me in this podcast, I did not choose uh, this topic. What are
2: we talking about today, DJ? We're talking about Chromium. Not just about Chromium. We're talking about Voltron. Voltron is a very contentious strategy uh, Josh uh, isn't isn't so much of a fan of it uh, maybe he has a lot of critiques of Voltron and I'm gonna try to convince him that Voltron has some has some good stuff in it and maybe chromium is the commander that converts him
1: maybe chromium is the commander that converts me well we'll find out but first we got to sh- talk about our sponsors. You're going to hear about a bunch of cards this episode, as you do in every single episode. And if any of them strike your fancy and you want to pick them up, the best way to do that is to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order your Magic singles, products, anything at all, you really are supporting this podcast, Game Nights, all of our content. We super appreciate it. And another of our sponsors is Ultra Pro. You can pick up their stuff at Card Kingdom, but you can also pick it up at your local LGS. Um, I always say local LGS. I should just (laughs) say LGS. Uh, All over the world, Ultra Pro is kind of the biggest company that makes like gaming products for Magic, like play mats, sleeves, deck boxes, dice, all kinds of stuff, and really high quality. Eclipse sleeves, of course, are the high watermark for sleeves right now. And they come in 100 packs, so I encourage you to pick those up. And the final way to support the show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You can contribute directly to us. We super love all of our patrons. They get access to things like game nights earlier than the rest of the public does. And uh, another thing that patrons get is every single episode, we call out one lucky patron. Mm -hmm. And this this patron is dedicated to... This episode is dedicated to... George George Lennon. Lennon. George, you rock. Oh, I want to say really quick before we get into the main topic, we did that um, giveaway a few weeks back for Wedge's GoFundMe. You know, Wedge had that back surgery.
2: Oh, Such a tremendous like, just response from everyone in the Magic community.
1: It was crazy. And our inbox was just full of people sending us the screen grabs of their donations to Wedge's GoFundMe. It was hundreds and hundreds of people actually. And I didn't, we didn't have a chance to tally up what it was, but it was several thousand dollars um, on the low end that was donated by everybody out there. So huge thanks. I know Wedge was very thankful. And, you know, you guys are great. Way to support the community. It really made me, it made me really proud to look at our inbox. And it was literally just top to bottom. <laughs> everything was like help for wedge donation for wedge hope wedge gets better soon get well soon wedge like it was the greatest great okay let's go on to the main topic
2: chromium and the voltron you need to mention why you are talking about wedge what do you mean the reason why he thanked everyone for wedge (laughs) thank you for all of your donations but the reason why is because uh we've ended the giveaway essentially
1: right we um because people were replying to our email or sending us emails we just replied to we just put everybody in a big randomizer and then randomly chose uh, i think 8 winners and we gave away signed stuff by terese nielsen uh, signed foil blood moon by mark rosewater we had the signed um foil playmat the 25 year anniversary playmat oh, that you give cool the He's yeah. like tons of stuff so thank you for reminding me but I it's forgot. been given away now yeah so you can
2: still donate to wedge
1: that's a really good point if you if you want to help wedge out that's great i just want everybody to know that the the giveaway we've already given this stuff away so but i do encourage you if you if you didn't get a chance to help wedge out okay chromium and the Voltron debate for real this time well, let me ask you a question, DJ. What is Voltron?
2: Well, Voltron is an archetype in not just Commander, but in all of magic. Basically, what you do is you have a goal of casting one creature, then using other cards like aura or equipment to basically make that creature a huge threat. And it's has an added benefit in Commander because we have a creature that's always at our disposal in our command zone. And sometimes those creatures can lend themselves to this go tall strategy, this soup up one creature to do a lot of damage.
1: It's called Voltron because there was a cartoon during the what, late 80s, early 90s. And it was a bunch of robots that all came together and made one super robot. And that's kind of what you're doing is you're like putting greaves and swords and armor and enchantments all onto one thing. And you're saying like, this one, you might have a bunch of stuff, but my one thing is gonna knock you out.
2: Yeah, my one thing is just better than everything you've got going on over there. Okay, so what? So what are the strengths and weaknesses of Voltron strategy? Because Josh is going to be quick to throw out all of <laughs> all of all the, the weaknesses. weaknesses. <laughs> He's going to be really quick to do that. But I want to talk about some of the strengths first. Uh, basically, there's an attraction to a Voltron deck, and that could be just kind of building a big creature to smash battlecruiser magic is really fun and there are a lot of people out there that play commander because they want to play big dumb battlecruiser magic where you have the biggest creature i mean when you were playing magic when you were lo- young did you love the savannah lions or did you want to slam a shivan dragon
1: i loved Ankabishra, mishra but i'm weird <laughs> you know this is I, I do understand the draw of really big creatures I had a lot of people tweeting at me after last episode, they were mad about the Mana Gorger Hydra, uh, me dissing it. And people were you know, I one time had a two a Mana Gorger Hydra that was two hundred and twenty power or whatever. It, yeah, that's great. I get it. It's fun. Um I guess big numbers in the power and toughness area. It's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's
2: cool. I, okay. I, this is really not really done for me. So yeah. one <laughs> thing that that this comes down to though is that a lot of these different archetypes are gonna have personal preference. Some of you out there, when we talk about combo, you're like, I'm totally not interested. I'm yeah. not listening. And that's that's cool. That's your personal preference. And when I talk about Voltron, Josh is like, you're going to have to convince me with some logic because I'm not immediately in on the joy of building this huge creature. He wasn't impressed by a 200-200 Mana Gorger Hydra. Nah, nah. Yeah, so we got to do some work here. <laughs> so what are some other strengths? Well, by the way, getting to 21 commander damage is easier. 21 damage is easier than getting to 40 damage. 21 is less than 40.
1: Yeah, I mean, I that's hard, that's hard logic that's to... That's math. <laughs> that's hard logic to counter. Yep, I've had this debate with a lot of people, too. In fact, at GP Vegas, everyone was determined. I had many people. I'm going to kill you with commander damage because I have talked bad about commander damage recently. And uh, no one did, just FYI, except for in a 1v1 match. I think it is... That's the one thing that can kind of give Voltron any kind of chance is the fact that instead of getting to 40, they can get to 21 it does technically make it easier, but it's still also surprisingly difficult. I think a big reason I don't like commander damage this has nothing to do with Voltron is that it often doesn't matter because you're you're going to take 21 damage and that, that 21 damage is at a point where you're already going to die to regular damage too. That's a big point, um, I think, that I didn't bring up before about commander damage. So I'm just going to put that there too. A lot of people are like, yeah, I killed somebody with commander damage. I hit him for 11. Well, what were they at? 10? Then the commander damage didn't matter. Um Okay. So, so one but, situation
2: that it does matter could be if you see a lot of life gain strategies. There you go. So if there are a lot of life gain strategies, people are gaining hundreds of life, things are going crazy, then there is a check on that craziness, which is commander damage. Right. So that's one advantage that commander damage could have.
1: Correct. It can sort of, in the way infect can, it can sort of get around the life gain in the way mill can in a certain way, right? It's yeah. an alternate win condition. Yeah. Um, okay. I will grant those two points.
2: Okay. Uh, What about also sometimes making your opponent have blanks in their deck? So they have a deck full of answers. And when you have a commander that doesn't allow them to use those answers, that gives you a sort of card advantage. So if you have a hexproof general, then all of their single target removal is a little bit moot. So sometimes Voltron commanders that try to shore up all of the different edges, you try and make sure that your creature is impenetrable, you're blanking a lot of the answers that your opponents are already running.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Okay. I, I, it, it almost hurts Voltron that so many commanders that aren't Voltron, like Narset or something, have hexproof. So you want to have com- ways in your deck to defeat hexproof, but not because of Voltron. But it will just happen to also work against the Voltron decks. Also, that is true. Voltron's a known enough thing that people do get ready for it. I think it would almost help Voltron if there was less of it.
2: We're we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Okay. We're gonna talk about actually we can get into that now because we're gonna talk about some of the main weaknesses of Voltron. And I think the main weakness is that there is a single point of failure for your strategy.
1: Yeah, that that's a really good way to put it. Because you're putting everything onto one thing. So if the one thing gets messed with, that's your thing. <laughs> you don't have other things. That's the whole point of Voltron. You do you're not like, well, I lost that, but I still have this going on over here. You're just like
2: if it gets removed, then all of your equipment goes and gets detached. All of your auras go into the graveyard. It's It's pretty bad. Yeah. You have to commit a lot to the board to get this Voltron strategy going. And when there's only one point of failure, then that's a lot of commitment when your opponent only has one area that they need to address.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You also say board wipes. Um, removal that doesn't target and they're very hard it's very hard to get your creature into a position where nothing can touch it Absolutely. and board wipes see a higher rate of play in commander than anywhere else because of the nature of multiplayer in 1v1 modern legacy standard board wipes it's not that there are none but every deck doesn't have to have them but you won't play basically against a decent deck in commander that doesn't have any board wipes they all have some and so You know, depending on what you've got suited up, they're going to have some answers to your creature in their deck. They're not going to have zero.
2: Yeah. So when we think of a single point of failure, we might think of single target removal. And then you think, well, I got an answer for that. It's going to be hex proof. I'm going to make sure that it's protected. But then you can essentially use your board wipes as a pseudo single target removal. You're fine casting Wrath of God just to get rid of one one Voltron commander, one Voltron element, because even though it feels like it might be a one-for-one, one, you're negating all of those auras stacked up on it or all of those pieces of equipment stacked up on
1: it. Yeah, all the mana spent. It's From a tempo standpoint, it can still be a huge blowout because you get one card for your wrath of God, but also all the equip costs on everything mm-hmm. and the cost to play the artifacts, kind of, they lose some of that. And so... Yeah, Wrath of God. But again, you're saying like, well, I'll just put dark steel plate on it, and then it's indestructible. That's true. So they can't Wrath of God. This <laughs>
2: is this is some of the the things that a lot of Voltron decks or a lot of decks in general try to do. They try to predict what you're gonna do and then try to um, put a defense up, try and essentially work around that. Unfortunately, you know, Wrath of God gets around regeneration. We have other things like ether spouts that gets around a lot of different types of protection. Uh, cards like Settle the Wreckage, which is criminally underplayed, by the way. That should have been in our underrated cards. It's a little bit new. Uh, Toxic Deluge?
1: Toxic Deluge is... It's just... Because it gets around indestructible because it gets negative X, negative X to stuff. The one thing that Voltron can maybe do about it is make their creature big enough that they have to pay a lot of life with Toxic Deluge. That's true. Um, Cyclonic Rift, though.
2: I think... That's the boogeyman of a lot of different strategies. They need
1: to do something about Mass Bounce. Because most strategies are super weak to it. Because in other forms of magic, it's naturally weaker because of the card disadvantage, right? You don't, they don't lose the cards. They go back to their hand. Oh, yeah. But in our format, the tempo blowout can be so huge because it's so many players. And your the games just go later. Like on turn 14, the amount of mana that can be spent at any one time or have been spent up till that point is so great. That Cyclonic Rift really just means you're going to get to play three cards and then discard six on your turn if you live to that turn. And what what piece of equipment or aura protects you from Cyclonic Rift?
2: Do you you say they need to do something. Do you think that Teferi's Protection, a recent card that does answer Cyclonic yeah. Rift, is a move in the right direction? Maybe they are aware of the situation and are trying to yeah, build towards Yeah, I think it's it. only
1: okay though. I think a I want one that's more punishing, like that like you play Cyclonic Rift and it actually harms you if they have this spell.
2: Like a like a misdirect Cyclonic Rift like, or something it, like, like that. Like, how
1: about this? How about this? If a spell or ability an opponent controls would return a permanent U-control to your hand, instead create a token that's a copy of that. So there, you play your Cyclonic Rift. Boom, I just made twice as much stuff as I had. And maybe the stuff doesn't obey, obey the legend rule, like Helm of the Host or something. I'm just designing cards yeah, on the fly here. Let's but do it.
2: Let's start designing I cards. I think that Mass Bounce is
1: hugely p- powerful against Voltron, uh, not just Voltron, but specifically very good against Voltron. And it's one of the reasons Voltron's not as good. Maybe they do need to nerf. Uh, yeah,
2: Cyclonic Rift and a lot of these things that we mentioned doesn't just hurt Voltron. It hurts a lot of strategies that force you to commit a lot to the board and have a hard time rebuilding. Uh, if you are using auras to pump up your your dude, then those auras go to the graveyard and it's a hard time rebuilding. If you're using equipment, then you have to re-equip all of this stuff. It's, again a difficult time to rebuild. And the same thing can be said about, uh, we talked about White Weenie a little while ago. We talked about strategies, like you have to produce a lot of creatures on the battlefield, these kind of like overwhelming strategies. And they get really easily blown out by cards like Cycl- Cyclonic Rift.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Cyclonic Rift, turns okay. out it's pretty good.
2: Well, I think I think the, the audience knows that it's good. Let's talk about another weakness when it comes to... Um, Cards that could sort of unravel your strategy. Exactly, exactly. I think one of the problems is that you don't necessarily have to exactly hit the commander. Sometimes we think, okay, we're protecting that creature. We're protecting our Voltron dude just fine. But sometimes you don't even need to do that. All you need to do is take out a key aura or a key piece of equipment. And then suddenly your defenses that you've built up just fall apart.
1: They crumble. They crumble. We talked about rebuild uh, last episode, which I... Said was very oh good against Voltron yeah. because it just bounces all the artifacts, and then all of a sudden you're just like, and then I block your Zur, you know, and then I block your Rafik.
2: And sometimes you don't even need that; you just uh, just single target removal the piece of equipment that's causing all the trouble. True, of, yeah. I rebuild within. it; bounces
1: up the thing that was giving a hex proof, and now I swords it. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: also, <laughs> cards like Bane of Progress. Oh, Bane
1: of Progress is so good. It's a great card. It's an insane card.
2: People people play that card. Yeah. And it kind of wrecks a lot of your Voltron. You might not take out your Voltron Commander, but it takes out everything that makes it good.
1: Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem with Voltron is it feels like there's points in the game where cards like Bane of Progress actually hit the table. You you just lost the game. You There's no way back into it. You know, like if they take out four of your equipments,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you've paid all the... Man, to cast them and equip them. It's just kind of over for you in that game. You might still knock out a player or something, but that you're you just your punching power is so diminished at yeah. a bad time. Yeah, uh, play main and progress, everybody. That card's insane.
2: <laughs> well, I think also we mention a lot of these cards that hurt Voltron, but one thing that's important is that these cards appear in higher frequency across the average deck. Uh, for example, let's take a graveyard strategy. You're playing Marin or Carador or something like that, and someone plays Rest in Peace against you. Well, that's a problem, right? mean, that, that really shuts down your deck. You are very hindered. Unfortunately for these graveyard decks, Rest in Peace is played in 4,600 decks. Yeah. Which it's a is lot of decks. A lot, but not a bajillion. There's a, Everyone runs yeah. a little bit of graveyard yeah. hate. Uh, let's take another example, Life Gain. Aloro, Karlov, basically they get super frustrated if you play Tainted Remedy, right. which turns life gain into life got loss. It's really fun. You should try taking <laughs> you should really try it's playing this you against your Aloro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know Aloro players, they just love sitting there and ticking their life up every turn and you play a Tainted Remedy and then they have to lose two life every turn? <laughs> sorry, sorry, my joy for that. Anyways, but it's played in like two thousand decks. Not very many. Not very many. Yeah. Um so we've talked about some of the things that hurt Voltron. Things like Cyclonic Rift, Toxic Deluge, Bane of Progress. Uh Cyclonic Rift played in sixty-eight thousand decks. It's
1: the second most played card in the format after Soul Ring.
2: Sixty eight thousand decks. But you know, Cyclonic Rift, it's ubiquitous. Whatever. Okay, what about Toxic Deluge? Twenty thousand decks. Yeah. The Bane of Progress we mentioned is, again, 10,000 decks. So the things that hurt Voltron are played in more decks than the things that hurt other strategies.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that just incidentally will hurt Voltron. Like Bane of Progress could be in your Marin and your Carador decks Mm -hmm. because it will take care of the rest in peace. And it will just incidentally hose the Voltron strategy too. Um, Something else I wanted to talk about here uh, was there's an inherent weakness of a deck that relies on combat Hmm. because it's such a ubiquitous strategy as far as like i don't care one creature five creatures a thousand creatures infinite creatures that's a thing those or those are things that different decks do at different levels right somebody's gonna crater hoof with a million creatures out and do something somebody's gonna just attack you with you know five 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 flyers or somebody's gonna make a voltron creature into a 22 power or more, 21 power or more, and hit you once with it, the fact that combat is, is sort of the one thing that ties all those strategies together means that a deck can just say, well, I need to worry about combat. There's basically no decks in the format that's, that say, maybe in C in competitive EDH, but from optimized and below, there aren't decks that are just saying, like, I don't have to worry or think about in my deck brewing combat. All decks are saying, combat's going to be a thing. I'm going to have to deal with my opponents wanting to get into combat with me. So my deck will have some ways to deal with combat. It might be Glacial Chasm. It might be Constant Miss. It might be all kinds of things. And I think that's a big problem with Voltron in general. Is like We can talk about all this stuff that incidentally sort of hoses Voltron. If I want to combat a token deck that's going to come at me with Craterhoof Behemoth, Constant Miss is a good answer, and it just will happen to also hurt the Voltron deck.
2: Um, but one thing that's important to note is that uh, you are particularly um, upset at, not, maybe not upset, but you particularly focus on Voltron, but maybe give all your other creature attacking strategies a pass.
1: See, and I always, but we always say yeah. this on the show, to be fair, uh, when we talk about decks, and I think Voltron needs this too, when we talk about decks, is. You have to have a secondary plan that's not mm. combat related. If you're making a token deck, and if you, we did a an episode, I think it was called Token Talk or something, because we like uh, what is that alliteration? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking the teacher. Uh,
2: no, you're right. It's alliteration. Yeah, it's alliteration. It's alliteration. It's not- I just
1: wanted. I just want to <laughs> sound stupid in front of a hundred thousand people. Okay, so we we said in that in that um, episode. Okay, the main goal: get a bunch of stuff. Pump it somehow win or just enough stuff that you don't even have to pump it but you have to have some ways in your deck that are like oh i'm gonna goblin bombardment
2: do you have like throne of the god pharaoh or something yeah like that? altar
1: of the brood maybe or something that like gives me a way that when they get glacial chasm out or something that just set, turns off combat moat you know you run into every once in a while these decks have these cards and you're just like that will literally beat my <laughs> entire deck mm-hmm. i need an alternate strategy you know not just ways to answer Because, again, Glacial Chasm, yeah, I can strip mine it or whatever. But you can't be ready for every
2: Your deck becomes more robust when you have different ways of attacking your opponents. Different axes, Exactly. And if you're just focused on combat only, then your deck isn't as um, able to win as you would think. Because you could run into situations, which your opponents have prepared for, that'll prevent you from dealing those combat damage.
1: Yeah. So I think Voltron probably would be a lot better strategy if there were more ways to take advantage of having one big creature to win the game in another way. So
2: So maybe we should consider that when building a Voltron deck or maybe building this Chromium deck of, well, do we have a backup plan? Do we have some other way besides combat damage to close this game out? Right, exactly. That makes sense. Okay. Um, So we've talked about some of the strengths and weaknesses of Voltron. I want to talk about some of the common Voltron commanders and why specifically they're chosen. What are their strengths? Uh, and this is by no means every single Voltron commander, but these are the most popular ones. Uh, the first one is Sigarda, Host of Herons. Why do you think uh, Sigarda is a popular Voltron commander?
1: Uh, the same reason a lot of these are is because they have inherent ways to protect themselves. Right. So that's the biggest thing you want on your Voltron, because if you're going to put a bunch of eggs all in one basket, you want to protect the basket. <laughs>
2: Has protection, great. Also, a little bit of evasion, flying. Yeah, that's yeah. a good advantage. Yeah, because right. you
1: are going to want to hit them with it eventually. Absolutely. But you definitely don't
2: want to die. Uh, you roll the Mist Stalker. It also has protection and uh, it has power, and possibly this has the ability to do a lot of damage. Because it gets bigger with each aura you put on your roll, then you have the potential to one shot someone, two shot someone, and that's very attractive. Yep. Uh, the next one, Zergo Helm Smasher. Uh, this has limited protection. It's indestructible on your turn. That's not nothing. Uh, it has haste. So being able to get that damage in is really important. And getting that first hit is a good uh, advantage. And then also it has power. This is a three-hit kill general because it has seven power. Seven is the magic number.
1: The reason, if you don't know, that the commander damage is even set at 21 is because the original Elder Dragons had all had seven power. And that's kind of... They said, okay, three hits with the commander... We'll kill everyone. So that's kind of the form is kind of designed that way.
2: Wait a second, Josh. Does that mean that if we have a Voltron deck with Chromium and Elder Dragon, we also have a flavor win? Are we're, you happy? We're, <laughs> He's we like, are Hold on literally to we are literally winning with the twenty-one damage from an Elder Dragon.
1: Sure. Sure. I mean, in theory, winning. better and better. In theory, winning. I want to see the game where we win with this. All
2: right. Well, it's, it's happening. Okay. It's happening. But let's keep going down the list of uh, different popular Voltron sure. generals. Uh, Rafik of the many.
1: This was the most popular for a it, long it's time. It's super popular. Yeah.
2: But it's weird because it doesn't have protection. It doesn't have haste. Uh, what it does have, one-shot potential. And it also has the ability
1: <laughs> to give that one shot to something else. And I think that might be the reason Ooh. that Rafik is one of the most popular. Because... It doesn't exactly have a way around combat. I mean, maybe it does depending on how you built it, but it does have a way around like I only have the one thing because sometimes you can recast Rafik, and Rafik has an exalted version of double strike. Right, so whatever if Rafik's out, whatever creature you're attacking with gets double strike as long as it's just one. Yeah. Right, so it has
2: exalted, and whenever a creature attacks alone, it gets the exalted trigger, but it also gets Rafik's. Uh, you're getting double strike trigger.
1: Right, so you could also use Rafik as a sort of give another creature double strike um, enchantment. It's not, it doesn't go on the creature, right? But it's it's sort of, and I think that's probably it's a static
2: ability that yeah. can kind of play a role as a static ability, like an enchantment or or, or something like that, or, or an yeah. equipment or something like that. But then also is a threat in itself,
1: right? So I think so. That, your
2: opponents don't know whether to kill the Rafik, giving double strike and exalted, or kill the creature that's attacking you right now.
1: Well, and also it means when they kill Rafik, they're not out of the woods hundred percent. Because if another creature happened to be out, it can become the thing. And so your recoverability, recoverability, sure. sure, is better. And I think that might be one of the reasons why it's more popular. It's just a little more resilient.
2: Interesting, interesting. Uh, also, Zir uh, the Enchanter.
1: Oh yeah, uh, this I is a mentioned. Combo general though.
2: I know, right? <laughs> people were. I was like, remember when I said before? I'm like, I don't think there's an Esper Voltron uh, general.
1: People are like Zir, yeah, dude. Are like, Xur.
2: I'm like, he's got one power. How many? You should win by fetching out enchantments before Zir does twenty one damage. I
1: mean, that's how Zir wins. He fetches out, you know, exactly. Actually, he wins by Doomsday, which has nothing to do <laughs> with the tutoring thing, and they never even play him. But if you're not playing the competitive version, they still get like. What's that one that like O-rings everybody? Whatever that one's called. It has the centaur guy on it. I forget what it's called.
2: O ring everyone. Craig will put, Craig'll it, up put it on
1: screen. I mean, O ring yeah. too, but that's not as good as <laughs> O ring everyone.
2: But I think they put a lot of protection on it. They uh, just get necropotence. Diplomatic immunity kind of stuff first because it protects the enchantment and protects the dude. And then it gives Zur free reign to just keep swinging.
1: I mean, you just get necropotence first and then you never you have card Look advantage. At Josh wanted to game. draw
2: cards. He's just like, you get necropotence first, then you draw 15. Then you can't lose
1: <laughs> the end. <laughs> But yes, I've never seen anybody take twenty-one damage from Zer. So,
2: so we let's look at this list. Let's let's ignore Zer for a second. Okay. Let's look at this list. How does Chromium fit into this list?
1: Well it has protection, has evasion. Um we sh- should we read Chromium? Do we have Chromium?
2: Let's read Chromium. Uh, so for we know a second one. Look about. up
1: Chromium. <laughs> DJ talk, talk about Chromium
2: something. is four and then white, black, blue for a seven seven Elder Dragon. It has flash can't be countered, and flying. And it has a special ability where you can...
1: I'm not there yet. You don't even have it up yet. Discard a card.
2: Discard a card, and Chromium becomes an unblockable 1-1 human with hexproof. Uh,
1: And loses, loses all abilities and gains hexproof. Yeah, human with base power and toughness 1-1 loses all abilities and gains half Actually,
2: that's an important point. Uh, because it's base power and toughness, transforming Chromium doesn't change all of the buffs that you could have on it or the equipment that you have on it. It doesn't just magically turn into a 1-1. It will be a base 1-1, and still have all of those cool tricks and toys that you have attached to it.
1: I mean, it has a power and toughness. It, will, it loses all abilities will sometimes, depending on the wording of the equipment, or, or uh, sometimes take away those because it gets complicated.
2: <laughs> and it'll certainly lose flying.
1: Yes, it loses flying. But it also says it, if, if you do the discard thing and give it hexproof until end of turn, turn into a 1-1 with base power and toughness, 1-1, or and lose all abilities. It also says it can't be blocked this turn. So that's, un, that's evasion 2. That's Even an interesting
2: with, piece of evasion yeah. as well, because you have to wonder, like, well, do I do this before combat? So when I attack, it's unblockable, you know, because if you are attacking with this dragon in the air and someone blocks it, you can't discard a card and have it be unblockable. It's already been blocked. Whatever you do doesn't change that. So there is a little it's bit of It's a- already
1: been blocked it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's so there's a little I bit of a dynamic.
1: That. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it's really interesting. So Chromium has a lot of the pieces that we see are popular in other Voltron commanders.
2: Yeah. I mean, just just recount evasion, yep. two types of evasion protection. Uh, it also has flash. That's a form of haste. If I play it at the end of your turn and it's my turn now and I can immediately swing with Chromium. That is that is like haste. So that's powerful too.
1: Uh, can't be countered is totally relevant too because there are times with other Voltron commanders that your plan is actually to like rift it, counter it. That's two turns, they're done, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they have lightning greaves or some way to give it haste, it's just you faded them for long enough. Chromium's coming back if they have the mana and there's nothing you can do about it.
2: Absolutely. And many other uh, generals, you see it coming so people hold up that counter spell. Right. But with Chromium... It has flash, so you don't exactly see it coming. They could be holding their man up for other things. And the Uncounterable, again, another layer of protection. Also, seven power is three hits. That's pretty strong. Yeah. So this seems to weigh up pretty nicely against a lot of the other Voltron Generals. I think one downside has to be that it has the highest converted mana cost of every Voltron General I mentioned.
1: High converted mana cost Generals in just in general, are are bad. Like, if I see six or more, you just know you're your maximum casting that card twice in a game. You're not paying 10 mana for your general. It just basically never happens. And certainly not for one that has to attack, because then you... You
2: are on the back foot, definitely, if you have to invest... Your eleven mana turn to try and recast your general. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I mean that's that's insanity. Like I don't think you're ever winning a game where you do that, unless it's some crazy game where the board's getting wiped like constantly. And- I do
2: think that this general might be able to do that because of flash, the ability to keep something open, and then you invest. On end step, boom. Yeah, like that. that's
1: true. And and maybe the deck needs to be built with enough enough other things to do so that you can get the lay of the land and pick the right moment to play Chromium. But if you decide that, oh, it's not a good idea to play Chromium right here, I can draw a bunch of cards or do something else. So you probably want to build the deck to also operate often at flash speed, mm-hmm. which is how you want to build most decks anyway.
2: No, no, Notice Josh's tone is changing a little bit when he's talking about drawing cards and operating at flash speed. <laughs> I'm convincing him, everyone. I'm convincing him. Uh, but the reason why a lot of these generals have lower converted mana costs because you need to play the general then play the thing on top of it. Yeah. So you need to have something low and then you build up on top of it. And so we have to wonder if chromium being this high a converted mana cost is too slow. We'll discuss that in a minute. Probably is. <laughs> Seven's a lot.
1: All right. Um, you got it off the table. Good job. I did. I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that when we're evaluating a general is we want to see if Chromium negates any of the weaknesses that we've discussed, because we've discussed a lot of problems with these generals, uh, these Voltron generals, right. or if it enhances any of the strengths. And we've talked about a few of these. Uh, one of the things that we fear is board wipes. Yep. We f- we fear them a lot. And Chromium still dies to them. Yeah. This doesn't mean that Chromium's bad and that, the, the oh, the episode's over. You know, no. The end. It <laughs> does mean that, to, by we, the way, but the end. We definitely we definitely <laughs> have to pay attention to these things. Right. You have to pay attention to weaknesses. But remember, one thing that plays around that a little bit is Flash. Right, right. One way to combat their board wipe is to have your own mana available, your own answers at your disposal at that moment, and having Flash and then untapping, that's the way to answer board wipes. And yep. some of these board li- wipes like Cyclonic Rift It just, that's just hard to deal with no matter what Voltron general you have. And so an opportunity to have an answer is almost as good as we can get.
1: Yeah, and I think that's actually a big thing because Chromium is in blue, so you could hold up your own counter spells to sort of keep the things you're scared at at bay that most Voltron commanders just can't do. Um, uh, One of the things we didn't mention about Chromium that's really good is his ability to give himself Hexproof doesn't cost any mana. Oh, yeah. So you discard a card and, that, and then give him Roof and make him a one-one human, and so you still have your mana available. So if somebody single-target removals, you discard the card, and then somebody else board wipes, you could still have an answer in hand as far as like a
2: totally. So that just seems a, like a, a counter strength, spell or right? something. Yeah, I, I that think that seems it's totally like a, a total total yeah. strength of of that chromium. play
1: pattern is at least feasible. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so flash is good. Uh, double evasion. This has pretty strong evasion, not just flying. I mean, it has flying, but they just can't be blocked. Yeah. A lot of commanders, Voltron commanders would really, really like that.
1: Yeah, because a lot rely on flying, but flying's not ironclad. Somebody gets a flyer and then all of a sudden you're like, okay.
2: I play flyers in my commander. Yeah, exactly.
1: Everybody should play a few or have some answers to them. And so being able to be like, oh, you're at 14 commander damage. You got a flyer out though all right, I will go the other route and I'll discard a card for the unblockable part Mm -hmm. and then I'll get in that way, yeah.
2: And that gives flexibility as well because you can decide what kind of evasion you want at that time. Uh there is a little bit of a nature of control finishers. Uh, the reason why I call this a control finisher is because a lot of people are talking about using Chromium in standard as sort of a control finisher, where you have just a few copies of this card, your deck is filled with other answers, and then you play this and make sure it lands and make sure that it is what you need to finish the game. Uh, one of the nature of control finishers is that you need to commit less resources. Notice I said you have your whole game plan going on and you just have a couple copies of a finisher in your whole deck. Mm-hmm. Now, this is sounds different than almost every other Voltron commander I've described. Where, it sounds
1: like a control deck.
2: Yeah, where you need, a, <laughs> I've been calling it a control <laughs> finisher, where you need the commander and then you need to commit resources to building this up to be a threat. Uh, so I'm wondering if maybe Chromium is dipping a little bit into the control general rather than the traditional Voltron general.
1: So then, yeah, then the deck feels more like you're trying to control the board, drop chromium at the right time, and then kind of ride it to victory. Smash,
2: smash, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's still a lot of hits. See, I think seven's great, right? But if you only need to take out one player. But if I got to take out three players, all of a sudden I got to swing nine times?
2: So you you might be a little bit more invested in pumping up his power or finding ways to get that Voltron-type damage right. through. But does it lose some of the Voltron allure? if we have fewer things to pump Chromium up? Are some people like, I don't like this gameplay as much anymore because Chromium yeah. feels like a control finisher rather than the, I play stuff, I play 10 things on it, I smash and kill you.
1: I think so. I think definitely the the allure of having big numbers in the power and toughness category is a reason that people play Voltron. I mean... I'm not a big Voltron fan. I play decks that do attack with some creatures, though, and that's the, all this would be if you're not putting anything on him, right? It's just like, oh, well, I've got creatures attacking. But like you
2: said, nine nine attacks might be a little bit too much, so maybe there's a slight Voltron synergy in this deck, especially if we have to make him a one-one unblockable over and over
1: You really want to get him to, to 11 power or more, so that you're, because if you get him to nine power, that doesn't do anything. You're still nine hits, right? Yeah, or even Not, 10, 10 power. 10 power is still anything, three man. hits on it. Yeah, you need to get to 11 power, so that's two hits to, to kill somebody, to change the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even then, six swings. That's why Voltron's so tough. It's just like you got to rely on somebody else to take somebody else out. Or you got to play something that like um, gives it an infect and then... And then Chandra's what's the one where the creature deals damage equal to its power to
2: Josh wants to create a deck where he puts (laughs) I Voltron the
1: creature, but I don't attack with it.
2: He wants to do Chandra's ignition to take out not only not only every other opponent, but the whole board.
1: Yeah, grafted exoskeleton. Grafted
2: exoskeleton, then Chandra's ignition outside of the color pie or outside of the color set of this.
1: Five color chromium voltron
2: <laughs> he wants to do, he wants to turn the voltron deck into infect combo <laughs> i've been hanging oh, out with greg oh josh, too much. Oh, josh. <laughs> um do you know what this kind of made me feel like a little bit um have you ever played against Avicen angel of yeah
1: Hope? yeah you mentioned that i only have a couple times but yeah
2: yeah where basically Avicen is a huge 8 cmc 88 flying angel that makes everything indestructible and it takes a long time to get up to Avicen, but along the way you have board wipes, you have ways to control the board, and then when you finally deploy Avisen, well, then your board wipes become really good as they Usually don't destroy. Usually, they Armageddon. Any of yours. Then, look at the people Josh is playing against. Ravages they're, of they're, War Armageddon. Are, uh, what's the what's the equipment that destroys Listen, everything?
1: Listen, yeah, yeah, uh, I forget, but yes, yeah. individual's disc every turn. If you're playing mono white, you you can do that.
2: Oh. You have permission from Josh to play Armageddon. It's mono white. It.
1: Like you, already, you just tied both <laughs> hands behind your back to, at the start of the game. So go ahead, like,
2: but we do can, what you can. We can imagine a similar gameplay to Chromium, right? We're not we're not putting auras on Chromium anytime soon because it's seven CMC. Uh, and instead, we're kind of building things up. We're maybe even keeping mana open because like you've mentioned before, uh, we're, we have instance because we might want to keep our mana open even when we have seven to be able to flash Chromium in. So now I'm picturing this deck coming together a little bit more. uh, And it feels like it might play a little bit like Avicen Angel of Hope. This could give you some ideas if you like that playstyle. If you're like, you know what? My friend has an Avacyn deck that I really like, or I kind of enjoy that strategy. Or if you're a Voltron player at heart and you're like, no, that sounds awful. Then you know to steer clear of Chromium a little bit, uh,
1: You know, would you... uh, The other thing I'd be thinking about with Chromium is maybe looking for equipment with um, higher front-end casting cost and lower equip cost. Mm Because I'm imagining you're going to deploy the equipment before you play Chromium. Flash in Chromium. Equip the stuff but want to hold some mana open. So you don't want something that's like two to cast, four to equip. You want four to cast, one to equip. Yes. You want to look for equipment in that realm. Yeah, so that you can... And then you're holding up like a counterspell or something for Cyclonic Rift or whatever, going in, knowing that, oh, I can give it Hexproof by discarding card if I have to.
2: Absolutely. Did I jump ahead
1: on your page? Too? You, did
2: a, you, you did a little bit, but actually, as we're talking about this deck, as we're talking about the weaknesses and the strengths, we are building this deck in our mind. Right. And Josh immediately is ru- running to building this deck. And he's like, look, I know what you need to do. You're flashing in the Chromium. You need to keep some answers up. You need to keep some protection up because that's how you minimize the, the the downside of having a Voltron general. And so you want something that pumps up your commander, but still allows you to keep some stuff up.
1: And it, But you need it to be high power level. So it can't just be like, you know, one of those equipment that's like plus two, plus oh. Yeah, it only costs one to no, play and too, one to equip. It's, but it's too, too low impact. impact. Yeah, exactly. I need stuff that still does something. But the way they design cards is like they either are big casting cost up front or big equip cost. And I would look for more casting costs up front. Lower equip costs, I think, is a, is a good way.
2: How about something along the lines of Hammer of Nizan?
1: Yeah. Hammer well, also gives it indestructible. Also so.
2: gives it indestructible. Wait a second. Was that one of the things that Chromium might have needed? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It also pumps up the power to a magical number. Uh, and uh, if you happen to need to play it after you play Chromium, it equips instantly across. Leave, giving you that advantage of letting you keep that man up. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, but let's, let's imagine what this deck would be like, and let's try and see if we can have any play advice or deck building advice to reduce some of the weaknesses that we've identified. We've actually identified weaknesses. We're, we're not going into this blind and thinking like, oh, Voltron is great and perfect. No, we understand what weaknesses we're playing around. And so... One of the things that we need is protection. Mm-hmm. It has great protection on its own, but I mentioned the Hammer of Nizan might give it another layer of protection. Uh, Teferi's Protection might give it another layer of protection if we're trying to play around that board wipe. Um, also, counter spells.
1: Teferi's Protection, oh, yeah. by the way, I just want to... If you don't know about this card, it's very good. It was a two and a <laughs> white for an instant and all... You and all your stuff phases out. <laughs> and And um, then... Phasing is, like, this weird thing. Just think of it as, like, you go to a... All your stuff just can't be touched until it phases back in before your untap step. So, you play that, and you're just gone. You're not in the board. You can't be hit for combat damage, anything. Nothing can happen to you. And then on your next turn, you phase back in, untap all your stuff, and you're back.
2: Yeah, you just, like, you just like go around your playmat like like this. You just cover up everything, and you're like, I can't be touched. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm not here. Yeah. Then you go get a drink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... That is the only card I think right now that really. I, I believe you're correct in that it's pointed directly at Cyclonic Rift as some kind of answer to it. And it's like okay as an answer to it. It's not amazing.
2: I think that. Uh, A lot of times people deploy their Cyclonic Rift in an opportune time for them. And so they play it at the end of your turn and then they have a lot of answers or things to do on their turn. And even though it might protect you and you might be able to have all of your resources back again, a lot of the time the person that Cyclonic Rifted still isn't really at a disadvantage like you said, because you wanted them to actually be at a disadvantage because of casting that spell. They still negated two other players and still got to do all the things they wanted to.
1: And probably, like you said, they're going to untap before you, depending on when they played it. But most people, but you're try. gone. Yeah, exactly. But they're, you know, you're going to, they're going to come back and go okay, and leave their mana open, wait for you to phase back in, and then do stuff again. It's still really good though, just to save you from the wrath of gods. The toxic deluge is another big one. Terminus and things like that that tuck on the bottom of the library can get around um, indestructible and things like that. So. Uh,
2: So levels of protection are good. And then also we're in blue. You mentioned this earlier, counterspells. Yeah. A counterspell is a direct answer to what you need to do, what you need to answer. And you're likely to have it open because sometimes Voltron commanders have to commit stuff to the board and they have to commit it at sorcery speed. Artifacts, equipment, auras, your commander itself, you play it down and then you're, okay, I'm going to put this aura on it. Uh, And then you don't have the opportunity to hold up mana to defend yourself.
1: Yeah, and I would err on the side of the lower casting cost counter spells, even the ones that sort of give disadvantage in some way. So Swan song's a great one. You're not scared of creatures. Swan Song- wait a
2: second. Swan Song gives them a flying 2-2 blocker, so they could block aim targeted removal at your dragon, and then if you turn it into a 1-1, eat it.
1: Yeah, well, it's still only done. if you don't have any equipment <laughs> on it. Still- also, you don't know you're actually attacking the person that's casting the Wrath of God or something. There are two other players swan song i think because it's one mana it's great yeah it's so and and like i said you don't care if they cast a creature like that's one of the downsides of swan song is it only counters specific things uh instant sorcerer enchantment right that's right so you don't care so much about the other two you're not as worried you're really just worried about instants and sorceries because those are the board wipes and things that are going to get you so i i would even play the cheap ones that like bounce the spell back to their hand or something. i didn't something.
2: play dispel yeah one blue mana counter target instant
1: yep Just because what you're trying to do is play Chromium, suit it up with a couple of things, smash somebody, and threaten to smash them for the second time next turn. And you want to have the three or four mana that you can hold open be able to stop the answers for now. You don't care about card advantage and things like that. So anything that just bounces the spell back to their hand. How about Arcane Denial? Yeah, exactly. Arcane Denial is great. Those type of counter spells... You know, obviously Pact of Negation, Force of Will are awesome too, but they're very expensive. Yeah. But you don't need them. Yeah, you don't, you don't because need. Because
2: you can play your dragon at instant speed at the end of your opponent's turn, you can have your mana up for the cheap counterspells that we're talking about. And one thing that's great is that these cheap counterspells don't just protect your commander, they can also disrupt your opponents yeah. in the early game because this is sort of a late game controlling commander. We need to get up to a lot of mana and a lot of cards in hand. We need to be able to have cards to pitch to protect our commander and also cards to help control the board and protect our strategy.
1: But I think what I'm saying is the moment you kind of go for it, you don't care anymore about super long-term. You're going to smash, Mm smash, knock somebody out. And so you're just looking for the answers that in the moment. So like you said, Arcane Denial or something that makes them draw cards, which normally makes people turn up their nose, is fine here because they're not going to live long enough to take advantage of the fact that they have a couple more cards in their hands.
2: I do not turn my nose up at Arcane Denial. I love it, and I think you should play it in your commander decks. It's fine. You're not down a card. Who cares if someone else draws a card? It's fine. You can
1: There's there's so many other it's ones that great. make them down a card, though.
2: But you're down... Okay, we're at a four-player game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, so no, I, I get just, the math. If I just counterspell you, we're both down a card, right. and they're up a card. Right. With Arcane Denial, I'm neutral, you're up, and they're neutral as well. Giving someone else a card at, when you're talking about this is way better than being down a card versus two other players.
1: I, I I don't know, because the person that I've made the most mad... I've given you two cards. Right, they are up.
2: Feel good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be mad. I gave you two cards.
1: No, they're going to be mad, because you're not going to cast it on something that's not good.
2: Uh, but also, you're, you're not I think down it's a fine. card anymore. I think
1: it's fine. I'm not down on Arcane I Denial. Actively people are, see, think it's, I actively think it's good. This is what happens, is we I get in these conversations, and people yell at me like, well, you don't think Arcane Denial is good. I think it's good. I think it's fine. I... I it's very often like right on the edge of making the cut and doesn't for me. I think it it's close to counterspell. Good, but it's not counterspell.
2: It's not counterspell. Yeah. But I think it's. I think it's. But the close counterspell, to counterspell is
1: like good. that seventh or eighth best counterspell. Like it's pretty far down on the list. So unless you're running twelve counterspells, like is Arcane Denial making Do you really the think cut?
2: Counterspell is twelfth down on the list. It's pretty far. I think it's probably like fifth on
1: the Forest, list. Force Drain Pact for sure above it. Swan oh. Song is above it. Pact is Pact is. It's still above it though, because in situations where you're going to lose the game, it does something that almost no other card can do.
2: Yeah, it makes you save lose you the when deck. you
1: have <laughs> no mana available right now. It's true. Yeah. And at that point, like.
2: I think Pact is a little bit narrower. Uh, you need it if you're in a specific meta, if you're playing against a specific type of deck. Pact or allows you gonna to win play in a
1: way speed. that few cards do.
2: I totally agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's it's. Just, I just think it's naturally... We're getting into a weird conversation that's not we on totally the Voltron are. thing. It's but, totally okay, not. fine. Maybe it's Counterspell 7th and Arcane Denial's
2: 8th. That's right. <laughs> I won the argument.
1: <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think it's bad. I think it's top 10 for sure. No, I totally agree. I totally agree with
2: you. And, and really, us going through this discussion of Counterspells is going to be important because we want a suite of Counterspells in this deck. We want protection. And this is... A group of spells that you don't see in other Voltron decks. But you don't want cancel. No.
1: You know, you don't want desertion. You don't want. No. You don't want anything that costs more than two. In fact, you want stuff if you can that costs one and has a downside.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you go through the list of all these other Voltron generals that we've talked about, does Rafik run counters? Not really. Not really. So this is going to be a more robust Voltron General if you can have these counter spells to disrupt your opponents and pivot and protect yourself. Um, I think another sort of thing that I can imagine to build this deck would be card advantage. I think you need card advantage a lot, not only just to have a good deck, yeah, but also to pitch to your general. So you need some excess cards. And also, if you're playing at instant speed, you might want to be able to refill your hand, find the things that you need either to pump up your general or to protect everything else.
1: So are we talking, um, stroke of genius? Are we talking Sphinx's revelation? Are we talking? I think
2: you could do Sphinx's revelation. I usually, my preference is to go for smaller card draw, um, rather than the big, massive card draw. I'd rather, uh, draw a couple, um, compulsive research. Uh, I'd rather go, um, um, fa- Factor Fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, Factor Fiction. Factor yeah. Fiction is just great. But I'd rather is. go a little bit smaller so I can develop in the early game rather than needing a tap out draw spell. Because I think Sphinx's Revelation almost might be deployed after Chromium rather than before. So I want to develop and build up my card advantage and, and sort of filter everything to get where I need to be before Chromium hits the battlefield.
1: Okay, I have a question. Yeah, if you're playing Factor Fiction and then you're naturally discarding cards. Ooh. Now we're putting a lot of things in our graveyard, and you're an Esper, yeah. So, see, this is where deck building gets really tough, right? It does because how many things can one deck do? Can it Voltron reanimate or replay things with the graveyard, play a little bit of control game with counter spells? Like, you kind of got to pick a lane at a certain point, right?
2: So, I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, what happens is that number one, we talked about earlier that we want to have a different, we might be interested in different strategies, different ways to win besides just attacking. Um, But one other thing we want to do is we don't want to have two distinctly separate strategies. We want to tie them together, which is why Josh brought up the idea of, well, wait a second, Chromium discards. You're talking about factor fiction. You're talking about um, compulsive research that also discards. Like, why not? Do you lab man? Well, uh, I think that one thing that's a little bit difficult is that Chromium discards at turn seven when he's already on the battlefield part true. of the advantage of reanimate
1: discard though
2: that's true but part of the advantage of reanimators is to cheat something big earlier than you could normally
1: that's a really good point
2: uh, but having redundancy in terms of some of your answers or some of your threats that could be good um, I think that a misers uh, reanimate could actually fit into this deck really well if you have enough creatures to support it madness do is there is there good madness in this i don't, I don't know usually when i think ma- usually when i think of madness i think of like you oh, know there's nothing good
1: <laughs> yeah but it's free right <laughs> like that's that's something this card has that a lot of cards don't have which is just free unlimited you can discard your whole hand if you felt like it
2: it's true do be, you think there's a way to weaponize that i'm not sure
1: i'm not, not sure, sure either
2: uh, i also am a little bit wary of again needing seven mana to be able to do this uh but um,
1: Oh, yeah. I like that you put Land Tax down here. This is a really good card because Land Tax is awesome, by the way, in general. But it draws you three basic lands if an opponent during your upkeep has more lands than you. So it if you do it once, it's ancestral recall. But usually if you're behind on lands, because it doesn't put any lands on the battlefield, you just continue to remain behind on lands because you play yours, but then your opponent plays theirs. Someone and else so, will ramp, too. Someone s- The yeah. green
2: player will play...
1: And so you're drawing three cards every turn. They're basic land cards. Lands are still cards, everyone. You can discard them to (laughs) your general to make him hex proof. So just having cards in hand for this deck is very, very good. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that one.
2: Uh, I also mentioned factor fiction, but basically the availability to refill your hand, Mm -hmm. especially at instant speed. Uh, And then also... You need to add a lot. You might want to think about advancing the clock. Uh, but one thing that's really great is that this deck doesn't need like Lightning Greaves or Swiftfoot Boots because you redundant. are playing at instant speed and you have protection already. So those are two things that you would just automatically throw in certain decks. But in this deck, you might not need it, which is, which is really more strong.
1: Two more slots you would have that every Voltron deck doesn't. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, one other thing that might go well when you have all this mana, you have all this time, maybe extra turn spells. Those are sometimes really powerful when it comes to combat strategies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to mention uh, Nexus of Fate. Yeah. An instant speed extra turn spell. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you might be able to hold that up. That might be good. I can kind of imagine this deck coming together. One way to make sure that you have a good advantage with your commander is trying to increase the speed. Uh, the decks that want to one shot people try to do this really well. We can do this by, like you said earlier, trying to get to 11 power, uh, or trying to make sure that it's a two hit, uh, giving double strike. Um, I don't know if I, if I like the equipment like fire shrieker that does that. That's I'm not so a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but do you know what I like is, the um, shoot Duelist heritage. Okay. Do you know that card? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's uh, a
2: white enchantment. It's
1: from Commander Set.
2: Yeah, it's a white enchantment that get, at the beginning of combat, you oh, can yeah. give a creature double strike.
1: You can do it on your opponent's combat steps. You strip. can give
2: it on your opponent's combat yeah. steps too, which is really great in terms of a political card. Uh, this Your deck might not be attacking enough to really take advantage of some of these things. Uh, one thing you also might want to do is if you do have some equipment, maybe diversify a little bit. Uh, sometimes you'll find in Aura-based decks, they run Core Spirit Dancer as sort of a backup. Mm-hmm. And you might want to have a little bit of a backup too, that some of this equipment can go on or or something like that. So cards that help control the board, maybe at flash speed, maybe an Aven Mind Sensor. You can play it at flash speed and then maybe have something to equip to and do a little bit of damage while limiting your opponent. Maybe something like Venser. You venter in order to have some sort of answer, and then you also have a incidental body to equip some of these equipment to.
1: I like Aven a lot actually, because a lot of times people are gonna find the answer when they need it. And so, if you play Aven Mind Sensor, it only allows you, people to sh- uh, search the top four cards of their library rather than their entire library. So if they go to Tutor, they can only look at the top four cards. It sort of hampers their ability to go find the answer when they need it. And the the Voltron deck is often the the thing they need to answer right now because if it turns towards you rather than the person sitting you know, to your left, then you don't always know that until the moment it happens and you're like, okay, I'll go find the answer then yeah. real quick. But if you can't, yeah, I like that a lot.
2: Um, another thing that might increase the speed, uh, Josh mentioned you play your equipment earlier and then you make sure that you can equip and still keep mana up. That could be important, basically being able to flash in your commander and then immediately have a threat. And so a card like, Replenish or retether, mm-hmm. which basically both of those cards let you get enchantments. Uh with retether, you get auras out of the graveyard and they can go on a creature. With replenish, they just bring back all of the enchantments. Uh both of those can be sort of a one shot make your commander really, really dangerous. Uh and, and especially
1: since you can discard the stuff.
2: Exactly. So you can have your commander out. You can discard a few auras and then you can retether them all back on your commander again.
1: That's cheating of mana cost. That is powerful.
2: Very powerful.
1: I think I heard that once. (laughs) The cheating of mana cost was good.
2: Uh, One more advantage about having a Voltron deck in black is a little card called Hatred.
1: Yeah, this card is brutal.
2: (laughs) Uh, Three black black for an instant that says uh, target creature gets plus X plus zero uh, for however much life you pay. So you can easily pay 14 life and target your lovely Chromium. And then 21 someone. Only at the cost of 5 mana and 14 life, someone else dies.
1: Yep. Yep. It it Any Voltron deck that's in black, you basically can't take... Like, if they have open mana, you can't afford to let it hit you even a single time. You can't be like, okay, this time I don't block. I'm going to go down to... You know, oh, okay, I'll take the six this time.
2: And just imagine this scenario: you play your commander. That means you have at least seven mana. You go to your turn. You yeah, because you flashed him
1: in on the end step before yeah, your turn. You
2: play a land. You discard a card. Suddenly he's um, he's hexproof and he's unblockable. You play hatred. You still have three mana up, two or three mana up.
1: So you have Swan Song you, up. And you have Arcane Denial up.
2: And then you just pay 20 and kill someone.
1: Yeah, You may not even need to do the discard a card thing if they don't have a flyer. Yeah, even,
2: and that's like worst case scenario. Imagine those levels of protection you just put together. Yeah. What do you think, Josh? How do you like that scenario right there?
1: Well, I mean, it better be the last person you're killing because you just paid 20 life. So you're probably gonna die. But you, hey, you took out one person.
2: (sighs) Cannot, cannot, (laughs) cannot be pleased. (laughs) Cannot be pleased. But in I'm general, in general what do you think in general I know. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. In general what do you think about about this style of deck? Does it feel Voltron? Are you like, yeah, no, this isn't actually Voltron. Does it feel like something that could be attractive to a lot of players? Do you feel that it might be robust enough to compete? And at what level? What number is this? Is this relegated to casual, you know, can can people with average decks build something like this? Does it reach the levels of optimized or competitive?
1: not competitive there's no way it's competitive i agree not um,
2: competitive solved
1: yeah um probably not optimized it's probably a focus deck at, at its best i think it's probably not quite as good as like Rafik. although i'll say if i was going to play a voltron deck then one that's playing counter magic and draw card draw counter spell magic cards.
2: card draw <laughs> instant playing at instant speed
1: It's almost like then what I would probably do is end up starting to cut the enchantments and the equipment and slowly put in other discardy things and before i know it it would just be like just an esper deck you know with once in a while i play the commander and do some shenanigans with discarding cards but
2: actually i think that giving your commander an ability with just a few cards to close out the game especially when you have the ability in black to tutor you have the ability to draw a lot of cards uh, making your commander able to close out a game could be a good strategy even if you did make your ideal control deck
1: yeah it's like it has sort of controlling more controlling aspects and whatnot, but won't, but if the opportunity arises, I'll smash you with chromium and and kill you out of nowhere. Like that might be a thing that the deck could do. But yeah, my feeling is that it probably is a uh, fully tuned chromium is probably like a seven maximum, maybe like a six and a half. I agree. Yeah,
2: I agree. Uh, now, that, which
1: is fine. Like I have tons of decks that totally that are in that range, and and I'd say most of my most fun decks are probably sevens.
2: Yeah. Um. Now the real question is. Does this fulfill the need of a, of a Voltron deck? Does this, does this scratch the itch for some people that really want to play Voltron that want to smash in with their commander?
1: I, I mean, it's, I can't answer that. For some people, it probably does.
2: The answer is no, because Josh likes the deck, so you probably, <laughs> you Voltron players will hate it. I didn't say I
1: liked it. <laughs> he doesn't even
2: like it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if,
1: if I built a Voltron deck, it would probably be one that wasn't actually that Voltron-y, this sounds like that. It's a new Elder Dragon. I think that part of it's cool. Chromium is the coolest looking. Of all the Elder Dragons, that's not even up for debate. The original Chromium <laughs> is so sweet, and this one's like not quite as cool as the original looking, but still has that. Well, still looks like Chrome. Uh, yeah, I don't
2: know. It seems fine. And you're playing Voltron with like an original with Elder Dragon that looks too. Looks like a
1: Transformer a little bit.
2: There's some draws to this. <laughs> there's some. There's some good feels in this deck.
1: Sure, sure. Well, here here's the thing. I... If you see me at GPLA, I'll be there, or any of the other GPs. Uh, f- feel free to pull out your Chromium deck and try and kill me with it. Challenge accepted.
2: You don't have to win the whole game. Just hatred, just Josh. That's what everyone was doing <laughs> at Vegas, by the way.
1: Not everyone, but plenty of people were like, I'm going to teach you about commander damage. That's a good damage.
2: question. Who was, who, what commanders were they playing? This will be interesting.
1: There was Aurelia... I know for sure.
2: Aurelia is powerful, but doesn't have protection. She might be better focused as, as she gives the whole team ref- uh, extra combat phases.
1: Yeah, somebody was definitely going to try and c- claim they were going to they were going to learn me and they were going to teach me um, the commander damage was good with their Aurelia deck. There was a um, there's definitely a Rafik deck. There was a Zur deck who said that, but then he just played a cycling deck, <laughs> so he didn't do that. I think he was trying to trick me. So that I oh, play differently. Okay, against him. Okay, he did okay. win that game. So okay. actually mad props to the Zur guy. Very nice. Yeah. There was an Uriel, um an Earl, as people call it. Uh yeah, none of them got there. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I mean, the Zer, build, did. The Zer need, did, but he didn't get there with Commander. Air. You need to build that Chromium this chromium deck right here. You need to tune it up. You don't just bring it fresh to GPLA. You gotta you gotta get some reps in with it, okay? Get some reps in, make sure that it's tuned really tight, yeah, and then yeah. Smash Josh with it.
1: Yep. Kill me with commander damage. I'll give you something if you do. Or
2: just or just use all your counter spells to counter all of the spells. That's fine, too. And then I'll swoop in and win. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's playing the politics game right now. All right. So, yeah. Let us know what you think about building Chromium. Is it a cool Voltron commander? Would you build it differently than the way we've described here? What do you think about Voltron in general? I know a lot of you are going to want to yell at me. So feel free to if, do that. I don't
2: know if they're going to want to yell at you because we went through and talked about the pros and the cons and literally laid out. And I was very uh, grumpy leg- about it the whole time. We laid out legitimate reasons though, and
1: they don't like it when I get dismissive about things where I don't like things. Sorry, I don't think it's good. What do you want from me? No, no, no,
2: no. Okay, you think you you think that it's a six or a five? Yeah,
1: I think it could be fun. I just don't think it's yeah. I just don't think it's super powerful. I know people love it. I'm, I'm not trying to put you down. The, the for... key
2: is to replace the word "good" with "powerful." I don't sure, think it's very, sure. I don't think it's very powerful. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because good. No is.
2: value judgment on the commander decks, Josh. I
1: don't think anything bad about you if you like <laughs> Voltron decks. I've built a couple before, I never had that much fun playing them. I
2: like my, I have a Karlov deck that I kind of like. But I think one reason why I like it is because it can win if Karlov gets gigantic, but most of the time Ka- it's like life gain shenanigans.
1: Yeah, Karlov, well the Karlov decks I've seen that are, and Karlov is super powerful, but they're usually not Voltronian in the way I would say, like they don't put a bunch of stuff on Karlov, they're no, usually gaining you, a bunch of life and then killing a bunch of your stuff. Uh, well then
2: Karlov sometimes gets up to just enough that you're just like, bam, bam. You're
1: yeah, bam, but that's bam, bam, bam. not like, it's like is not usually a Voltron deck, but
2: Animar can
1: get infinitely large and bash you. By the way... If Karlov gets that big, he's usually like a 90 90, and it doesn't matter. The commander damage doesn't matter. <laughs> You're a 40. Okay. Um, now we're on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. You have something cool. And I hadn't heard of this, I and do. I, now I'm really excited to check it out.
2: All right. So uh, I love podcasts. Josh loves podcasts. Imagine that, the person that created a podcast. Hopefully all of you love podcasts as well. And Josh, you might have mentioned before, really likes true crime stuff.
1: oh yeah.
2: Uh, and so I have a really good podcast suggestion for Josh and I think you'll like it too. It's called criminal, okay And they're one thing that's great about them is that they're pretty short. They're these little snippets and sometimes they're very dark. They take this this case of this horrible murder and they kind of go into it, but sometimes it's a little bit lighter. One of my favorites actually uh, is an example of they go to the petrified forest in Arizona and they have a problem with people stealing the petrified wood. And literally they break down how they created this mythos that stealing petrified wood was bad luck. And then people started mailing their petrified wood back to the park and people stopped (laughs) stealing the stuff. That's so awesome. And they talk to all of these park rangers and stuff like that. And so they're these little interesting stories and sometimes they're dark and other times they're really lighthearted, enjoyable, and they all deal with uh, crime.
1: That sounds really cool and I love stories like that. Are they so they're not serialized as far as like a continuing yeah, that, story? Yeah, that's
2: actually a good it's th- episodic. It's, yeah, sometimes yeah. when you have episodes that are serialized like Serial, mm-hmm. you get some great things that go in depth. But these are like small little snippets and sometimes they tie a few of them together, but a lot of times they're just a really fun thing to it's like a one-off. to listen to a one-off and uh, the production value is great. And so I think that you'll really like it cuz Josh appreciates good production value.
1: Yes, I do. Okay, (laughs) criminal. I need to write that down, and I will definitely be checking it out. Uh, Something else to check out. If you heard any cards that you like in this episode, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Use that affiliate link to order your Chromiums and your what would you say you're building a Chromium deck? I can only get one card, but it can be any card. What should it be? (laughs) On the spot. Put them on the spot. (laughs)
2: I don't wanna Is it force I don't of wanna will? say no, I don't wanna I don't wanna say I actually think that you'd wanna get something like an Aven Mind Sensor or, okay. or a Venser. Something That's like the that, first card
1: you put in? Oh yeah, Venser. Venser's a good one.
2: Yeah, I like I like Vencer, but it doesn't go as well with the Chromium. I think that you need I think that you need protection uh first. And so I would actually put in those counter spells first.
1: Okay, so go to CardKingdom.com slash command zone, order order those counter spells so you can build your Chromium deck. And then once you have your Chromium deck built, you're gonna want a Chromium playmat, a Chromium deck box, and Chromium sleeves. And those are all available from Ultra Pro, or Evictus, so Modding, Nickel Bolas, Palladium Moors, Arcades, the Strategist. Oh my gosh, I almost that was forgot close. our own that was preview close. card. That was I was like, close. don't tell me. Uh, any of those, they have playmats You need to level up your opponents,
2: and yeah. you need to like Nickel Bolus, and then you're like, just kidding, I'm playing
1: <laughs> Chromium. <I> play Chromium. <laughs> People will be like, what? They're going to have the Commander 2018 stuff. They always do the theme things for every set. Uh, And and, and like we were saying, the sleeves, even though they have the printed backs, now from Ultra Pro are the same um, durability as the Eclipse's. So you can trust those things to really last for a long time. So check out Ultra Pro stuff. And also check out our sister podcast, the masters of modern Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them at collected.company right next to us, or you can follow them on Twitter at the MM cast.
2: Our editor is Craig Blanchette, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations at living cards, MTG.
1: Thank you, Jeffrey. Jeffrey makes all the window animations as well. And the stuff that goes at the front and back of all of our episodes. Okay, everybody. This I think is our last episode before Commander Twenty Eighteen comes out. We're going to be doing a bunch of extra content. I'm very excited. It's like Commander
2: Christmas. This is it's our favorite so time great. of year.
1: Yeah, so we're actually shooting the game nights with Commander uh, Twenty Eighteen this weekend, which won't come out for like a month. So don't bother me about it yet. But a <laughs> lot to- of Commander Twenty Eighteen because I'm going to me. give a million. When is it coming out? It, it takes a while, but it will come out soon. Everybody, get ready. Commander Twenty Eighteen is coming. We're very excited. So. We'll see you on the first Commander 2018 episode, which will be the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Peace. Thank you for your
0: attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.